Hello and welcome to episode two with singer-songwriter Cassie Noble. I wanted to have Cassie on the show to talk about the tour that she's on right now and how she went about booking it as an independent artist. I also wanted to speak to her about the album that she has coming up and the creative process behind it and how everything was put together. Uh, we also have a show coming up on July 14th at the Emmanuel United Church in Waterloo, Ontario, and that's with Side Door Access, so you can grab tickets for that right now. Cassie is an awesome songwriter, and you can find all of her music on the streaming platforms. I hope you enjoy our conversation today, and thank you for listening. And then your first instrument you played was, you kind of just, did you get into guitar, piano? I know you play a lot of guitar, but I'm not sure if you play other instruments too. I mean, I play a little bit of bass now as well, um, but guitar is my my main instrument yeah it's funny people will say like bass oh you play bass you play guitar it's like yeah technically you know how to but it's such a different instrument to play it's like electric guitar and acoustic guitar and stuff it's it is the same sort of but same kind of progressions and where the notes are but as far as how you play it you got to listen for different things too yeah I'm so glad you said that because you know I tell people that I don't play electric guitar and they think I'm crazy because it's it's a guitar you know, they think like, oh, it's, it's the same as an acoustic guitar, but it's it's not. It's a different animal. The dynamics are different. Yeah, absolutely. Whether or not you want to, you know, strum on a guitar too, or you know, electric guitar, maybe you're playing more lead lines and stuff, or more melodic things. Yeah, and it's it's pretty cool. It's like the, you know, going if you want to be, you know, back in the day, there was always the two guitar players, the lead guitar player, the rhythm guitar player, and I find some of the music I write they kind of tend to mix between the two, but. It's tricky when you're recording not to throw too many layers on it. Now you have like a symphony of guitars. You're like, crap, how am I going to do this live? I got to <laughs> try to make it <laughs> yeah, as accurate fair. as I can. <laughs> when, you, when you're kind of approaching your songwriting, do you more, do you like to, I used to do it where I would just do voice recordings with one instrument. I, would, I didn't really play piano or electric guitar or anything. But when I first started, I was just like strictly strumming acoustic and, and trying to find some vocal melodies that I liked. But when I started getting more into recording with like Logic and other stuff, it was easier to kind of format it a bit differently so I could have an acoustic guitar and then it would replay and I could think of an electric line or something or to go over it. So I don't know how you sort of approach it or ha has it changed when you started writing your own music to now? Does, do you have a different process or something you kind of like to go back to? Um, I'm pretty like I, I keep it pretty simple. Like I'm the kind that I'll write a song just with an acoustic guitar, um, just like writing guitar and lyrics at the same time. Usually I'll have some lyrics first, but um, that's like always where I start is just just the bones. Like I've never record anything. Sometimes I'll do a little demo on my phone, I guess. But uh, yeah, I don't really add any of the extra stuff myself. <laughs> I never know what to add to a song to make it more than just the bones. Right. Yeah. It's tricky, right? Because then there's so many, one, there's so many things you can do with it. So it's hard to know where to stop exploring. So do you kind of work with a, a producer or somebody that you, you trust with kind of these, these song creations that you've made to sort of expand on them a bit more? I do. Yeah. The past few years I've been uh, working with my friend who is also my producer and engineer and uh, my guitarist. He's kind of everything. And, oh, awesome. uh, he just he takes like those bones of the song that I've written and adds so much to it and he knows like the vibe that I'm going for which is so hard to find in a person you know like someone who yeah just like gets where you're heading musically um 
and yeah, he's he's the one that really like fills out my songs. Yeah, it's a kind of a perfect mix of having somebody who is who can hear where you're going with it, but not just you know, it's like, does this guitar work for you? They kind of have some creativity, but within the direction that you're looking to go, that's definitely a hard combo to find in somebody. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, I feel really lucky to have, have found that. And what, what's, what's his name? I wonder if I know him. Brandon Patatucci. He's in Vancouver. Um, oh, oh, so he's not even local with you. So you guys work remotely together. Uh, no, we've always worked in person. Actually, he was living in Montreal and I would go there to record. Um, but the last time we recorded, he actually came to Lindsay and stayed for, I think two, two or three months we spent recording my newest album. No shit. Is that the madness? The one you released? Uh, no, this one's unreleased. Oh, this one's coming out. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And that's, uh, so you guys would have recorded that, uh, was that, would have been last year you were recording that or? Yeah. 2021. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Okay. So when you're doing this tour that's coming up, are you going to be playing more of the older stuff or mixing in a bunch of these new tunes? It'll be a mixture. Cause I mean, these songs, these new ones, they, they kind of don't feel super new to me anymore. Cause we, I did record yeah. them last year, you know, <laughs> so they'll be in there. <laughs> yeah. um, but it is the madness tour. So I'm going to kind of focus on that, that album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I find that when I, when I first started playing in, in bands, we would kind of just be really excited to play the thing we just wrote. And so we fell into this trap of not having anything banked up. So anything that we released, we were like, crap, that's the most recent thing we've done. Now we're kind of empty in what we have to present to somebody if they say, what else do you have? Because <laughs> we just wanted mm-hmm. to play the newest stuff. So it's hard to not, it's hard to sort of keep them. Like you said, they feel a little older to you, but you know, f- for someone like me who hasn't heard a single riff out of that album it's going to be all brand new to me and obviously to the people who listen to you too they haven't showed it to um so it's kind of really nice to have that bank but at the same time then you're touring and you're playing these new songs but they're not you're like i wrote these last year these are done they're ready to be released (laughs) it's a lot of patience to not put them out because you i don't know about you but every time i write some new stuff i always think it's you know better and i'm excited to show how i've grown and what i've what i've kind of learned from the last thing and i just want to put it out right away so it's a tricky balance of promoting your music and um being patient with it and i don't know what your approach for this album is obviously you've been patient if you guys finished it up last year you're sort of keeping <laughs> keeping hands on it but what are you sort of looking to do um how come you've been holding on to it so long how come you didn't want to get it out as soon as it was done uh well i mean i do want to get it out but <laughs> like you said it's hard to be patient um but right now i'm waiting on i still need it mixed and mastered so that's that's a big thing um and I, I'm going to do like a crowdfunding campaign for this one because it's my my biggest album yet. It's a full length album and a lot more went into it, you know, time and money wise than my previous albums. So just kind of, yeah, making sure everything is prepared, you know. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. It's it's hard to, you know, like you said, when you're writing those songs, you they can go a million different ways depending on how your producer messes with it or how you decide to arrange things yourself, whatever you do, whatever your process is, it's, you got to be kind of ready and sure that you're not being lazy anywhere or something could be better. It's definitely hard, especially when there's nobody, you know, it's not like a a deadline for a job. There's nobody who's going to fire you from writing music anymore. If you don't put it out by (laughs) January, 2022 or something, right? Yeah. So you got to have your own kind of game plan and stuff. And it's, it's definitely hard to, you know, make that direction. Um, So when you're, 
trying to release like original music, the hard, I, one of the hardest things I find is really just, you know, funding it. Like you said, with crowdfunding, that's a great way to kind of get, um, not only people excited for the release, but, and feel kind of more attached to it, but also they're looking forward to it. It's coming up and you can have some cool little aspects. I remember putting money into some crowdfunding for albums and they do like a little thank you in the album and you get your name in there with everybody else who donated and stuff. So you definitely have some cool like ways to connect with people who listen to music through a crowdfunding. I think that's a great way of doing stuff. With that being said, I've never even tried to set one up. (laughs) Fair. I mean, it's a lot of work in itself, right? Yeah. But so so is grant writing. I mean, that's even less sure as well because that's a big process. And then you're also just competing for people. And if you don't get it, you don't get anything. So crowdfunding, at least you might make a piece of your budget off of something. So yeah, yeah, at least a little bit, right? Yeah. Have you done I, the um like grants? Have you gotten grants? I've applied to a few. I'm admittedly the ones that I did in in the past were I wasn't ready to do them. I was just trying. And <laughs> now that I look yeah. back on it, I was like I should not have applied to those. That was I was not ready, but I did get an artist development grant um last year for a single I put out through Factor, and that's actually a nice. pretty good one for anybody looking for. It's a couple thousand dollars for uh you know, doing a mix or also a music video and some marketing and stuff, whatever you want to put it to, they basically are pretty much open for. So that's the only one that I've actually been successful for out of the maybe four or five I've applied to with Factor and Ontario Arts Council. Mm. I don't know if you know of any more, but um, it's hard to find local ones. Like those are kind of the only two I really know about. I don't know if you know of any other sort of grant opportunities. No, I don't really know anything about the grants. Like they're, they're, it's kind of intimidating to me. Yeah. <laughs> the application process. I've heard that it's not too bad, but um, I don't know. Paperwork is not totally my jam. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of, and it's kind of sometimes it feels like the same question where it's like, how are you going to market your music? How are you going to get your music out to people? It's like, oh, copy paste. Is yeah. that the same? <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of like, well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And like, and you, you were saying you want to do a, a full album as well. And I find with um, the LPs, that actually is a much bigger um, application process because you're, you're kind of committing to more money. So they want to know more things. They want to have more information versus an EP is a little more forgiving. And then a single even more so you could just get a music video grant, right, for that. And it doesn't mm. cost you too much. But like you said, you know, crowdfunding might be a better option if you want to avoid having to go through this whole process of doing the grant writing and trying to sort that all out. I mean, you do have the option. You could hire somebody to do it too, but that's always an option. I never tr- really tried that, but uh, I know that could be that could be helpful. I think yeah, Ontario fair. Arts Council has a, an EP funding coming up in November, and I think also it has an LP one coming up in November too. I think it's like $4,000 to an EP and 10000 to a uh, an LP. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then fact that's Ontario Arts Council, and then Factor they have large ones like the. I was looking into it. I was like, okay, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not gonna go for this one because it was, uh, it was like fifty thousand, sixty thousand dollars to a full album recording, Ooh. and they wanted charting information and all that stuff. So it's like, okay, maybe, maybe that's. I'll put a bookmark on this one. Yeah, <laughs> maybe later. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. The crowdfunding that'll be really, really cool. So you're planning on having that kind of up relatively soon. I'll definitely. Uh, promote it for you when you when you set it up so let me know but um yeah i think that's a great idea do you have any sort of incentives in mind for you know donate five bucks you get this ten bucks you get that or um well i mean i'll have like i'll be doing vinyl again and like you know the actual physical music and stuff um i don't know about the price points yet or anything but i i'm really into plants and 
sort of amateur herbalism. So I really want to do something with that. I want to do, I don't know, things that I've put together that are made of nature in some way. Oh, okay, <laughs> Edible cool. things or uh, mildly medicinal things. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's a really cool idea. Yeah, like a little goodie bag. <laughs> a goodie bag from nature. Yeah. Um, where do you do for your life? You said you've done vinyl before. Yes. That's fine. Did you do it through Indie Pool, a short run, or did you do kind of a larger? I did pretty big. I think I got 200. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I did that in 2020. So I have a lot of vinyl records in my closet still. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hopefully, this tour changes that, though. <laughs> well, I, I feel like people are way more inclined to buy the vinyl than the, than a CD because the CD it's cool. Like you still have the artwork and stuff in there and it's, it definitely is something, but I, you know, if you sell a vinyl for 20, 25 bucks and a CD for 10, I think most people will go for the vinyl. It's just more, it's more of an experience, especially if you have a vinyl player, that's why you're buying one or you want to. And then mm-hmm. with the CD, you're kind of like, oh, I can just stream it on my, yeah. <laughs> it on my speaker. <laughs> so the CD I find for me, I've never done vinyl, but anytime I've done a CD, it's like, People will throw money into a gig bag. I'm like, you want you want to grab a CD? They're like, oh, I'm just going to check it out online. So, okay, yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. You paid for a CD, <laughs> but you don't even want it. Still, you'll just listen online. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, most cars don't even have CD players anymore, so people just don't That's use them. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know. That's so funny. Just going backwards, yeah. Yeah. Putting vinyl players into cars again. Oh, that'd be so sick. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a good idea because, you know, you, it's not too much to get a run of CDs. Maybe if you're sending CDs out to college radio stations or like magazines for treading features, like maybe getting 100 CDs just for that kind of stuff is a good idea. But I think for selling stuff at a show, I think vinyl is the way to go with, you know, if you if you can spare that budget, vinyl and T-shirts and stuff, that's definitely people are going to go more towards that. For sure, for sure. I actually, my first, um, my first EP that I released, I got 100 CDs and I sold out pretty quickly so it depends (laughs) that's true too yeah i mean it's yeah if you're doing an album release party and you you want to have cds there i'm sure people will be more inclined to buy it then as well yeah but i did also send out to to radio stations too so yeah i I don't remember how many that was (laughs) just blindly sending them out please play it yeah (laughs) pretty much what you gotta do right (laughs) i'm sure you know crazy Yeah, a lot of lot of that's that's the thing too. I was going to ask you about self promotion and just getting your music out there. There's so many different ways to do it, and it it almost gets exhausting thinking about. I try to you know post some videos on social media and everything, but it would be it's tiresome to think of doing it every day, or you kind of get away from what you liked about music, which was writing it. Now all of a sudden you're just this person who's like, please listen to my music. I'm posting every day on a new clip of something that hopefully will catch on and go viral, and then I'll be able to get a hundred thousand listeners a month or something. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to know. I mean, that definitely works. You can, if you post on there and consistently, people will see your name more. Maybe they'll go check your music out. It definitely can work. I know some friends that do that, you know, religiously and they post on their social media and it, it definitely has an impact. But, you know, people just chase the playlists and, and getting, you know, famous on TikTok or Instagram or something. And <laughs> it's like, what's, what's another way to promote your music? How else can you do it? I mean, you can pay money for, for a PR or something or marketing, but I don't know if you've thought about, how you want to approach that with your next album, but, or, or if you just kind of in general have any tips for people looking to promote music, like what's your sort of idea of doing it? Ooh, yeah. I mean, it's so hard, like when you're an independent musician and trying to just think of, think of everything 
to do all yourself, right? Um, yeah, I mean, it is just a lot of chasing, chasing other people down to get them to promote you. You know, like I, um, I use this website called Submit Hub. Oh yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, you can that took up so much of my time on my last two EPs because you can get free credits or you can pay. But if you use the free ones, you have to wait like, I don't know, four hours in between. And so I'd have like alarms set on my phone every four hours. Like, okay, I got to send more. <laughs> oh my, I love that. that that's amazing. <laughs> and that's actually, yeah, I've heard that too. I don't know if you've heard of daily playlists. No. That's another one, actually. That's um, I use Submit Hub a bunch as well. I actually, there was a point in time where I actually ran through all of the playlists on Submit Hub. I was like, shit, I can't. I, I've applied to all of these. Yeah, there's no more <laughs> I left. I can't go through anymore. <laughs> so that I took a little time off. And then I, was, I found out about uh, daily playlists. It's basically a similar thing. You could pay for credits, but you actually get 20 or 25. I think it's 25 submissions every week or something like that. And then Ooh. you can just rifle, rifle them out. And um, they show you like which ones are more active, like uh, who's accepting submissions more than, than the ones who are not really answering. So you can kind of strategically throw them at uh, where you where where people might actually answer you nice uh that one i've I found is pretty decent i've gotten on quite a few there so yeah try that one out it's called daily playlist and you you get actually like 25 and every week you can just throw them out and i found that one was pretty helpful too especially with new releases as well for sure yeah that's uh, it's better to, that there's more at once than having to just do it every four hours <laughs> nice yeah <laughs> submit hub is a good one though like there i've there's so many playlist scams that just you know i'm sure you get emails or something or facebook uh, mm -hmm. or, uh, instagram messages <laughs> like hey send us 20 bucks and <laughs> we'll yeah. put you on our playlists absolutely all the time yeah it's it's and then you got to know what's you know i just recently learned that if you do something like that you actually might be hurting yourself because then you're not actually getting into playlists where people will listen to you and then Spotify won't have any, or the algorithm of whatever streaming service won't have any idea where to put your music. Yeah. So then you kind of just end, end up stranded with, <laughs> <laughs> hello. Yeah. I, I think that's a great way of doing it. And, and there are also, I don't know if you reach out to like online blogs or stuff to get them to post, but I find that's it's, if you want to do it all yourself, you don't necessarily need to put like 500 or, 800 bucks into a marketing agency but if you have that budget like you said it frees up a lot of your time and you can kind of think about things a little differently but it's hard man like every every what every release you get you got to have like two thousand dollar budgets for it and it's kind of tricky to how do i how do i work this out and they got to have more of a plan for your releases you can't just haphazardly record something that you kind of liked and then throw it up but uh there are a lot of people now that self-produce and they're able to do that i don't really mix or master my own stuff i can't i'm not confident in doing that i didn't go to school for that or <laughs> really have the right gear for that or the right ear and i'm not sure how that whole world works so personally that's you know not within my realm but there are people who do that and that even that would save you tons of money and time where you you actually produce it mix it yourself and then now you can just put stuff out quickly absolutely i mean you know part of putting money into like promotion i think is just getting those people who have the right connections already whereas when you're just putting your own time into it you're you're just like working from the bottom you know yeah yeah definitely a lot of following up with people and uh, yeah <laughs> sending your songs over again but yeah i think it's important just to kind of with that being said though ha just having your music out you know is is a good thing so absolutely 
I'm I'm always sitting on recordings and I'm like, damn, I got to finish this up and I got big plans for albums and should I just do single releases? So I don't know. I like to do it where I'll put out some singles and then kind of wrap it up with an album. So I'd put out a bunch of singles last year and then, you know, two unreleased songs will go on top of those. And then I'll put that, that out as an album for Spotify or something, but I might, I don't know. I might change up my game plan next year with this batch of tunes I'm sitting on. So did you think about that for your album? Are you going to maybe do like a couple single releases as like teasers and then fire up the rest or you want to do it all in one, one block? I think I'm going to do singles first. I haven't decided exactly which ones yet, but the album's going to be 11 songs. So I've got a lot of choices. Yeah. And, and I'll do like, yeah, singles with a music video probably. Um, yeah. And then release the album a little bit later with maybe some more music videos. I like music videos. I don't know if they're really lucrative, but I, I enjoy them. So <laughs> I think they are. I really think they are. I was, um, we, I was at uh, my girlfriend's over the weekend. We were playing some pool with her, some billiards with her parents, and we kind of got sucked into. We were, we they had the TV on with some you know music playing in the background, and it was just filtering through music videos. And every once in a while, everybody was just staring at the TV, <laughs> watching yeah. the video. So I definitely think they're lucrative. Actually, we watched uh, Katy Perry's what is it Friday Night? That's a great music video if you haven't seen it. Nice, <laughs> it's a hilarious, hilarious music video. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, I definitely think they're they're lucrative and. And they're just a great advertisement to like, hey, here's a crisp looking video. It's you know visually appealing. And now here's the song too. So I think it definitely drives people towards your song more. And it's also a great marketing tool to throw up on social media and stuff for people to look at. I know you'd had one for Madness. Uh, that was one of your releases. You did a music video for that one. Oh, I think it was Brave I was thinking about. Oh, maybe Brave, yeah. Yeah, yeah Brave also. That, yeah, that music video is great too. Um, not sure who you, who you worked with for it, but it's also nice. The North nice. Brothers. Oh, was you know it really? that? Yeah, I yeah. do. That's you know what? That's part of what I like about music videos too is that like, you know, some people do it themselves and that's like super wonderful, but it's not really my thing. And so it gives me an opportunity to collaborate with more creative people who, you know, have music video ideas and are good at that stuff and I love collaborating. I love, you know, different artistic visions coming together. So music videos are like a really cool way to do that. So I, yeah, there's definitely, okay. So there's a few things I want to talk to you about, but I don't, we don't have to go too much into detail, but I, I'd love to hear a bit about how that process worked when you were recording at, out in Lindsay for the album. And you said your producer was over for a couple of months, um, just hanging out and recording with you. Did you guys engineer stuff and get things recorded while you were there and, and sort of build on your production as it went? Or did you sort of work on the production first and then tackle the recording? Um, yeah, we sort of do it all at once. We do we'll do um like record the bare bones that i've written the the acoustic guitar the vocals and then we just sit down and you know mostly brandon but i'll be there for the whole process uh and just like play around with stuff and add things gradually and take them away if they don't work and just just keep playing with it and keep recording whatever kind of comes up you so you then you kind of had everything laid out as your session so now you're basically just ready to send these files off to have them mixed yeah okay yeah, exactly. sweet nice that's awesome that would have been so much fun it's i it was a much shorter time frame but i got together with one of my buddies ty he does all the rhythm stuff with my recordings and he helps me produce stuff and you know we work pretty actively under my music together so we rented this little cottage up in um where were we? we were kind of a little north of peterborough roseneath i think it was called um yeah and we just had a little Airbnb rental and um, yeah, we just worked on music for like four days and just sort of laid out some 
arrangements for new songs and stuff. Um, and it was so helpful just to be there for even even three four days together. It was you kind of get more into a rhythm of it than sending it back and forth online and you know doing a call once a week or something to figure it out. And you just sort of just get into the zone and get it done. Yeah, just like focusing on on that on the music. Yeah, like a dream would be, you know, just a little cup of coffee. You're sitting there by the window, you by a lake or something, and you're just at this like writer's retreat. That would be, that's like heaven. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was like, because we had such a long time, it was so nice because we could just like focus all of our time if we wanted to on it, but we could also take breaks and we could just go for a walk. And sometimes you'd come up with ideas that way. Sometimes you just needed a break from it. You know, it's, um, I'm really lucky to have been able to, to have that, that period of time. I mean, it was during COVID. So like <laughs> I wasn't working. <laughs> yeah. Everybody was um, kind of just hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> well, except you, you recorded a whole album while that was going well, on. Well, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I also did a lot of puzzles. Um, <laughs> puzzles are therapy. Like I, yeah. And like I said, like a lot of it, the, the sort of post uh, production or engineering, you know, writing a lot of parts was up to Brandon and I was just there to like kind of approve or not. Um, so I did a lot of puzzles. So, like, so you said it's uh, 11 songs is the album. Did you write more songs than that? Or did you just kind of, I don't know how your process works. If I, I kind of like to write songs and they don't all go on the album, but, uh, there, I don't finish necessarily every song I write. There'll be times where I'll get to the end of verse one and be like, eh, I don't like whatever. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll move yeah. on. But I try to I try to finish writing as much as I can on a song because I think that there's some merit and importance to that. But how does your approach work to it? Do you did you have a big pool of songs you chose from, or did you kind of like okay, I started writing this one, I love that, and and you sort of just check them off as they go? Um, so usually, like like my past uh, EPs, I've had more songs than I ended up putting on the EPs. Um. Cause yeah, I was like, yeah, this one isn't really like my, my best work or whatever. But for this one, like I wrote 11 songs and I was like, no, I want all of them. And you know, that could be the wrong move. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if they're all like great, but they all felt great. They all felt like they needed to be a part of it. So that was kind of a first for me to just be like, no, every, every one of these needs to be a part of this. Um. But I also have like, I have kind of weird things with numbers. And so I, when I realized that there were 11 songs, like 11 is one of my favorite numbers. And in total right now, I already have 11 songs released. So I was like, okay, it's fate. <laughs> okay. I like, yeah. So then you realize that after the 11, it's like, Hey, hold on. This is exactly what we needed. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think too, like, just being proud of the songs that you write. I, I find that that's a big direction for me. It's, you know, you get mixed up in like, oh, well, is this going to be, you know, is this chorus good enough for, to, for mm -hmm. people to hear, be catchy enough? Is this whatever, my progression right? Does that feel good? It's like, well, whatever. Take out all that noise away. Like, if you're proud of the song you put out and, you, and you're not embarrassed to show it to somebody who asks you to hear your music, I think you're sitting in a pretty good spot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, if it feels good and it feels like something that you'd, need to get out too. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's an importance to, I mean, it's good practice to just write songs about maybe something a little different, but I yeah. think that I connect music most when either when I'm listening to it, it's hitting me in a certain way or when I'm writing it. And I'm actually, I find that my better lyrics come from when 
it's something I, you know, I'm either going through or something that I've experienced that it's easier to, con- you know, connect to that emotion. Yeah, absolutely. But hey, I mean, a good beat and some easy lyrics, like I'll jam out to that. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, you know what? I can't write that way though. That's like, I can't write just like catchy music or, or fun music. Like it's, it just has to be something that's like, that my heart is feeling, whether it's good or bad, you know, or sad or happy. It's, um, that's the only way I can write. Yeah. And would you say, is there a general sort of mood to the, this upcoming album? Is it a bit somber, a bit happier? What are you thinking? I would say somber. There's a lot of grief. There's a lot of grief in it. Um, I, I lost my dad in 2020. Shit, man. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, thank you. Yeah. And so like a lot of songs came out of that and, uh, that's where we recorded the album too. Like his empty house was what we turned into a studio. So, so that comes through a lot, you know, like there's some, there's happy moments, there's joy, but generally it's grief. Uh, yeah, I can only imagine how those, yeah, that raw emotion is just going to kind of come through on those songs. You can't, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. But, uh, did you want, did, was that kind of on purpose? You wanted to record there for that reason? To sort of, yeah. that, you know, yeah, like, uh, what am I trying to say? That uh, just sort of, you know, kind of absorb everything that you're going through. I can only imagine. Yeah, for sure. It was like a special, a really special way to do it. I don't know how to put it that into words either, but just, um, yeah, feeling that connection like to to him, to my dad, and to to the grief that I was feeling, and mm-hmm. just have it all kind of be really present. Yeah, that would be that would be super hard. I'd be emotional for sure. Singing yeah. any songs to do with it, I would be. I don't know if I could get through takes. <laughs> yeah, um, it was it was hard at times for sure. Did your dad sort of inspire you to get into music at all? Was he did he play or anything or? He didn't, but he was my biggest fan, you know, like he would come to all my shows and he was so supportive and so proud of me. Um, like if he knew that I was recording an album in his house, like he would be fucking stoked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to hear this album. Yeah, thanks. I'm excited too. <laughs> and do you, I, I was looking at your tour dates. Um, for the most part, it looks like you're kind of doing Quebec and East Coast stuff. For now. I haven't yeah. released all my dates yet, but oh, okay. uh, I will be doing a ton of Ontario stuff later in the summer. Oh, okay. Awesome. So yeah, I'm looking forward to coming out. I'm going to check out some of those tunes where it's just you and uh, a guitar or something playing them. So I'm psyched to see you play. Um, how did you decide to do this tour with uh, with Gamekeeper, who I know is a good buddy, Warren Frank? Um, he obviously, you know, with uh, the Kents that turned into heaps and he writes some great tunes. He's an awesome player. So that's going to be a really fun tour for you guys, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Are you guys pretty close? Is that how you just decided to go out there together or? No, not at all. <laughs> oh, really? No way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we've like known each other for a long time, but not really, really well. We've been acquaintances um, in the music scene, you know. And uh, we played a an online show together and he reached out to me after and said like, hey, I'm when I write my own EP I'd love to go on tour sometime and I was like yeah sweet sure eventually that sounds great and then when I was booking this tour he was just down to to come to the east coast and he's he's gonna come with me for a week and then fly home and uh really I mean 
all I look for in a tour buddy is like kindness and an adventurous spirit, you know, like if you want to go on an adventure, like let's go. Do you, do you ever have any of these songs that you're putting out on the album? Are they co-writes or have you just write them all yourself? Uh, they're just all me. And then with, you know, Brandon's touch. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's I'd tricky. like to do more of that, but, uh, I don't know. I don't really know how I'm not really great at like jamming with people. Um, but I love collaborating. So I, I would like to do more of that. Yeah. Like, co-writing also, kind of stuff. The co-writes. Yeah. It's hard also too. it's almost like finding somebody who's a great producer that you gel with. It's, you know, you don't always find maybe another great writer. You just kind of, it's hard for you guys to, I don't know, find a middle ground that day. And you, you kind of don't have jack shit for a recording after it. You're like, we wrote nothing. What, what the hell happened? But yeah, I, only, I, only, I only really started doing it more. Actually, when the pandemic started, I just was doing video call um, co-writes with a few friends. And uh, uh, then it led to a few other ones and then kind of grew from there. I don't do a ton of them. I still mostly write a lot of my stuff by myself and with Ty as well. But, you know, it's fun to get involved in those other projects that maybe have a different sort of style or sound. And then, you know, I haven't really done too many co-writes where we're actually writing a song for only me to release. I haven't had too much experience that way. But it's definitely mm-hmm. a great way to, yeah, just like you said, making those connections and finding people that are, you know, enjoy writing too. It's half the reason I wanted to do this podcast was just to, you know, speak with people like you where maybe we wouldn't, you know, get the chance to sit down for a beer on a, you know, Wednesday night and just chat about things. But at least, you know, we can get on a call and, and talk and it's just sort of inspiring to hear what you go through and what how you write. And, and then it kind of, you know, fuels my fire a bit too. Yeah, nice. Cool. Um, okay, so the, I just got a couple more questions for you. Then I'll let you get back into the into the woods. This isn't a video podcast, but Cassie's sitting out. When we had her video up there, we uh, you were just sitting out in the forest and in, in the sun, <laughs> just soaking in the good vibes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I was curious how you picked these locations for your uh, for your tour. I've done a couple um, self book tours out west, and you know when I went out there the first time, it was kind of a shot in the dark. Second time, you know, a couple other venues, so. Are these like all new venues you're performing at or are they, I'm just kind of curious how you, you know, pick and chose which, which spot to set your uh, gig up at. Fair. Yeah. Some, some are new, some are old. Um, I spent, uh, like 10 years playing with a rock band and we did a few tours out East. So I've got like some, let's, let's call them connections or like places that I've played, um, to, to kind of have a base, but a lot of it is just kind of shot in the dark. It's like Googling venues and then looking into their websites to see if my music kind of vibes with that place and then reaching out to them and, um, just kind of mapping out a route and having a a vague idea of where you want to go. Um, but I did also have help on this one, um, from a guy named Eddie Young, who is, He's like a music promoter in New Brunswick, in Fredericton. Um, Because, yeah, I've done like shows with him before. And so he helped me find some places that I might not have found otherwise. You know, networking community is always like the most helpful thing. Yeah, it's sometimes hard to just know the spot. You know, if you got a Wednesday night you want to play and it's like, actually, there's this killer venue that does great live music on Wednesdays and everybody goes there. Like, oh, yeah. let's book that spot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So how, right? It's hard to find the, yeah, all the up-to-date information on venues. And I don't know where, if there is a service that does that or if there's like an online thing, but 
when I was going out and booking and you just look up, you know, Saskatoon venues, it's not the easiest way to book no. a venue. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. sometimes or, you find places that aren't actually a venue and it misses a lot of places that are. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. There's definitely some funny stories from doing it that way. I, that's a good uh, approach doing a, you know, reaching out to a music promoter and, and doing it that way. That's a great idea. Yeah, it's uh, you know, he takes a percentage of of whatever I make, but uh that's that's also a little bit of incentive for him to find me more money, which is hard to do when you're on tour as well. <laughs> but you looking at it, you got some things uh pretty spaced out pretty nicely and you got a lot of stuff in New Brunswick and Nova Scotia. It's going to be so awesome. I love going out east in the summer. I'm psyched for your tour. That's going to be great. Yeah, the the spacing is hard sometimes. I feel you on the like six hour drive. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes too, when you're looking at a map, you don't necessarily realize how far it is. Um, yeah. <laughs> you definitely got to route that. 14 hours. Yeah. It's like going over Lake Superior to get to Thunder Bay and out to Winnipeg. It's like mm. it's so far. Oh yeah. Getting out of Ontario going West is just ridiculous. And like, I feel like I, don't realize it every time I do it, <laughs> but then it's like two days to just get out of Ontario. <laughs> Finally in Thunder Bay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever done any, any shows out there in Thunder Bay? It's got some pretty nice venues, actually. I, I haven't played there in a few years, actually, but. I actually haven't. Usually I kind of skip over it. Like anytime I've gone out West, it's just been like, get to Winnipeg or get to Regina. Um, so no, I don't think I have played in Thunder Bay area. Yeah, anybody passing that way, Thunder Bay is a decent spot. I know. I don't know if you know the Honest Heart Collective. I know those guys are out of uh, Thunder Bay. Awesome. Well, I don't want to don't want to keep you too much longer. I guess I don't know if you have any sort of tips or anything you could you lend off. You know, my uh, my default is always like it's it's corny, but it's true. It's like it's follow your heart. That's you know, if you're doing music, if you're making music and playing music, you got to know why you're doing it. That's I think that's the biggest thing because there's so much um, there's so much that can deter you and that can you know dishearten you about like the music business and having to do everything yourself um, and it's really it's really just like just knowing where you stand with it and knowing that like it's something you want for yourself. Yeah, that's a great point. Just check back. It's like why am I? Why am I doing this? You get it gets so stressful and you can get down on, you know, there's a lot of lows on being told no or people don't answer you or just feel like your just music's not that good. And then other days where you're like, I write great music. I, I want people to hear this. I can't wait to release something. And then yeah, it's definitely a back and forth on on those things. So trying to stay grounded, oh, yeah. that's an important point. Yeah. Roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. <laughs> Less of a teeter totter, more loops, and uh, it's all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, honestly, yeah, I hope you have a great tour when you when you guys go out there together. I know you have Gamekeeper on a couple of dates and and some other performers as well. So where can people kind of check out your uh, music online and on the social media stuff? Uh, well, you know, everywhere. <laughs> yeah, every single thing. <laughs> every single thing, basically. Well, except for TikTok. Everywhere except for TikTok. Um, just Cassie Noble, Cassie Noble Music. I'm around. Awesome. Thanks, Cassie. All right. See ya. Thanks so much for listening. You can find tickets to the July 14th show with myself, Cassie Noble, and Gamekeeper at sidedooraccess.com. 
I have a new single coming out on July 21st, and you can pre-save that through the link in my Instagram bio. And I'll be back here with a new guest on episode three in two weeks.